and we are live and we are back let's go i'm your host Corey, one half of the quarter and full effect podcast and i'm back like i never left with another episode of wealth wednesdays on the quarter and full effect podcast we discuss health and wealth finances and fitness and everything in between we want to make sure you save more and say less and keep making better your best yes yes however this is your first time tuning in my co-host jordan is still on paternity leave so while he is out you guys have been getting straight finance content in the form of wealth wednesdays and on wealth wednesdays we get straight to the point but before i get started because i know y'all see that top topic y'all seem like oh what are we talking about financial infidelity what's that make sure i hit that like button make sure y'all share make sure y'all subscribe to the youtube channel please help out the youtube algorithm if you have any questions or concerns please reach out to us i am sideline underscore corey and jordan is stop stalling jay that's instagram twitter and tiktok for both of us all right and make sure you leave those rating reviews on the podcast platforms as well and like i said on, on what wednesdays y'all know how we do we get straight to it how much i'm, I'm a minute in okay we're gonna get straight to it but i've been talking about all the irs updates right for you know taxes and things like that so i'm gonna give those updates real quick let's see let's see how let me see i'm gonna zoom in a little bit all right the first update for the hsa hsa is high uh, high health savings account, and you can only get an HSA if you are on a qualified high deductible health plan, or as you might see the acronym HDHP, okay, high deductible health plan. Now, everyone doesn't offer a high yield savings account at your job. Some of you might have an HSA and an FSA. At your employer, you might have either, you might have one or the other, okay, but you need an HSA, or excuse me, you need a um, high deductible health plan to access the HSA if your employer has it. So if your employer has an HSA, but you don't have one, you need to make sure you actually have the high deductible health plan option. Now, this might not be what's best for you. Everyone's healthcare situation is different, but I'm just gonna look at what the HSA contribute contribution limits are gonna be increased and uh, increased to. Now, real quick on HSA, it works just like an FSA. You're able to make pre-tax contributions for qualified medical expenses. The IRS lets you know what those medical expenses are. I believe they're the exact same for the HSA and FSA currently. The main difference between the HSA and the FSA is that in FSA, it ends when your plan year ends. So let's say your plan starts uh, November 1st, right? And it ends, so you're technically October 31st. You have by it might be a little bit longer, but essentially you have till October 31st of 2023 to use all the money that you contribute to your FSA. With an HSA, you don't, there's no expiration on that time. So you, even though your plan ends on 2023 of October 31st or in 2023, October 31st, you can still keep that money in there. And if you leave that job, you still get to keep your money. HSA is essentially just a bank account that is used for health medical expenses or health expenses, and you're able to get the pre-tax deductions in there. The other benefit that you get with the HSA over the FSA outside of it not expiring is that you are able to invest inside of it if your employer offers that. So usually the limit is a thousand or two thousand dollars. You have to have that much money inside of your HSA before you can actually invest. So let's say the limit is a thousand dollars you need $1,500 in there and you can invest the $500. So you can invest everything over whatever the limit is um, inside of that plan. For the HSA though, for the self cover, so this is if you just don't have the family plan, it's gonna be increased to 3,850. And then for the family coverage, it's gonna be 7,750. So that's the most amount of money you can put in there. 
So if you're contributing, let's say this is your very first year in HSA, excuse me, and you're putting in that three, you're going to max it out and put in that $3,850. And the limit you need or the minimum you need in there before you can invest is $1,000. The most you'll be able to invest this year is $2,850. Take away that thousand for that three thousand eight hundred and fifty you have to see what your uh what your plan on minus a thousand dollars everybody's uh number is going to be different and then the catch-up contribution again uh individuals uh 55 and over may contribute an extra thousand dollars to the hsa and that's regardless if you have the family plan or the self-only plan or individual coverage all right so that's the hsa contribution limit uh increase up next is the 401k and the, um and the IRAs. Oh, this is a long. Let me see. Okay, there we go. So the four hundred one ks, four hundred three bs, and most four fifty seven plans, and uh, the government's uh, thrift savings plan or TSP, it's going to be increased from twenty two thousand five hundred. Wait. Oh yeah, twenty two thousand five hundred from twenty thousand five hundred this year. Okay, this year is twenty thousand five hundred. Next year for twenty twenty three, it'll be twenty two thousand five hundred. And again. If you're doing a traditional 401k, so you're putting in pre-tax dollars, that's $22,500. You get to deduct from your taxes. If you use the Roth 401k option, obviously that money you're putting in is post-tax, so you don't get the benefit right now of the pre-tax contribution, and you won't be able to deduct it from your taxes. For the IRA, the limit is increased to $6,500. I know I've been saying these numbers, so I got confused. The IRA is going to be increased to $6,500 up from $6,000. So right now it's $6,000, which is $500 a month. If you're going to budget it out, $6,500 is going to be a little like, it's like $541 and some change, something like that. Let me pull it up real quick. You don't see that calculator? No, you can't. It's $541.66 repeating, the two thirds. But So $540, so an extra $40, you've been doing it. Um, right now contributing to your Roth IRA. Remember for IRA contributions, and when I say Roth IRA, I mean it's traditional IRA as well. But for your IRA contributions, you're able to invest this money as far as the cap, the 6,500 until the tax filing year. So right now it's $6,000 for 2022. You'll be able to invest $6,000 into your 2022 IRA contribution year up until the tax filing date, which next year is probably April 15th, as long as it's not on the weekend or something like that. But you get into the tax filing day of the next year. Now, the one caveat with IRAs, the traditional IRA and the Roth IRA, they have a combined total limit of $6,500 or $6,000. So every year you want to look at. So you can't put $6,000 or $6,500 in both. You can only do half. So in this case, uh, my brain's struggling. It'd be $3,250 if you were to contribute to a traditional and a Roth IRA. That's the even split. So you can't put the max contribution limit in both. Whatever you put in one, you have to subtract that for what you can put in the other. So the halfway point will be $3,250 for next year, or it'll be $3,000 uh, for this year with a $6,000 cap. Let me see. And then a $1,000 catch-up contribution uh, still as well um, once you hit over fifty. Yeah, saying that 50 and over is not subject to annual cost of living adjustment. Okay. Yeah, these, these raises are due, these increases are due to shout to inflation for the COLA cost of living adjustment that's occurring. Um, let me see, single taxpayers. Yeah, there's other stuff, you know, lar larger limits, things like that, but that's all y'all need to know for now. You can just go to IRS website and just Google this real quick, IRS uh, 401k increases. And last but not least, as we do a nice transition over to financial infidelity inside of a marriage we're going to talk about right now the tax increases 
2023. So the lowest rate is 10%. So the brackets, as far as the percentages, are still staying the same. They're still going to be 10%, 12%, 22%, 24%, 32%, 35%, and 37%. The lowest rate of 10% for single people, it's going to be $11,000. For 12%, it's going to be uh, incomes over 11,000 and, and up to 44,725. For 22%, it's going to be 44,725 up to 95,375. The 24% tax bracket is going to be 95,375 up to 182,100. 32% tax bracket is going to be 182,100 up to 231,250. And then 35% tax bracket is going to be 231250 all the way up to 578125 And then 37% tax bracket is going to be everything over that 578125 Certainly 126 to so the 25 is in the lower one, or I mean 124 So $578,124, that's going to be taxed at 35%. So add that little dollar to the next range. So that's for single. For married filing joint remember married filing separate is different married filing joint but for married filing joint the 10 percent rate is going to be up to the 22,000 so the first 22,000 dollars going to be taxed 10 percent the let me highlight this for those of you who want to see it the 12 percent bracket is going to be 22,000 up to 89,450 the 22 percent is going to be 89,450 to 190,750 24 tax bracket is going to be 190 750 up to 364 200 32% tax bracket is going to be 364 200 up to 462 500 35% tax bracket is going to be 462,500 up to 693,750 and then the 37% tax bracket is going to be 693,750 and above. We're on, we going we're slowly creeping to a million dollars like eventually we're going to be at a million dollars in our lifetime probably. That's crazy. Those are tax brackets for single, the married filing joint. Let me see if I can find head of household real quick. It says for single taxpayers and married individuals filing separately, the standard deduction says okay, another deduction. Okay. I'm not showing head of households on here for whatever reason. It's what this I like the other websites like uh not lending tree, nerd wild and stuff, dude. They give you a chart, but IRS just gives, gives you straight lines. But those are increases. I was doing that, so I always have it on here. Enough of that. But oh come on, man. Shout out to my layout. But we're gonna talk about that financial infidelity today. So again, increases to the tax brackets, increases to the IRA contribution limits, and increases to the 401k, 403b limits. Those don't occur every year. They're cost of living adjustments. So depending on how high inflation is. So before last year, but the previous years, they didn't increase that much or if at all, especially for something like the IRAs, they increased by $500 increments. And the need since the since the contribution limit is so small, inflation, quote unquote, needs to be high. There needs to be, you know, increases year over year for you, us to see that increase um, for the IRA uh, situation. And again, for the backdoor Roth IRA, right, though, those income limits that I was talking about. Right. So for if you're single. This is again for those of you in that 24% tax bracket range at 95K to 190. And then for married people, those of you again still in that, um, or excuse me, no, 24% to 32% tax bracket range for single. And then for married people, you're going to be in that 24% to 32% tax bracket range. 
once um once you get there once you're the 24 percent tax bracket you're really going to start looking at your tax situation you need to always be looking at it but you need to consult a financial advisor cpa tax strategist whatever but now we're gonna get into the financial infidelity and y'all where am i going where am i going with this y'all y'all know where i'm going last did i switch it up last time i can't remember if i switched it up last time or not oh now i can't find the tab there we go cnbc what does this CNBC article say? Three in 10 couples have experienced financial infidelity in the past year. Here are the most common lies. Now, again, I, I do my best not to look at these articles and I have not looked at this one. But in short, financial infidelity is hiding, lying, as this headline says, but essentially not being truthful with your finances. This can be in the form of having bank accounts that your spouse does not know about. Um, having debt that they do not know about, hiding money, um, not going with the budget as you guys planned on. So you said you're going to spend money here and you spend it somewhere else. Um, all those different types of things. And the main reason people get divorced, right, is financial issues. So financial infidelity is a big one. The last thing you want to do is show up and tell me you got all this debt or you're going through bankruptcy or something like that and your spouse does not know about it. Okay, that is not the move. All right. The biggest money related lies and relationships deal with spending, debt and income. So a.k.a. the budget, right? Spending, a.k.a. expenses, right? Debt, right? How much you're kicking out, a.k.a. your spending, right? Your debt is part of your spending because you got those uh, monthly payments. Then your income. So a.k.a. the budget. So if you're on a budget, right? Necessities, debt payments, investments, lifestyle, right? Those four major budgeting categories. This will help you with your financial infidelity if you're dealing with that. OK. And again, the first thing I recommend is the budget and tracking track transactions. Second thing is define how you want to handle debt and handle it that way. Okay. A lot of times people don't want to discuss their debt. And it's like, okay, both of y'all broke. I can't, what episode was that? But both y'all both broke. So it's okay to say that to each other. Our issues with finances can be a major hurdle in romantic relationships with nearly a third of couples dealing with financial infidelity in the past year, according to a recent survey from US News World Report. Let me see. Let me see if this shows us how many people did they survey. Three and 10 respondents. All right. Similar to romantic infidelity, financial infidelity is when a partner deliberately chooses not to tell the truth. But in this case, in regards to surrounding money, when financial fidelity can certainly, while it can take many forms. The survey said that the biggest money related lies came up in relationships were secretive purchases, which is 31.4%, hiding debts, 28.7%, and dishonesty about income, 22.6%. Ah, I remember when I said both of y'all broke, that was on the <laughs> that was on the episode about joining your bank accounts. See if all the bank accounts are joined, it's gonna be hard to hide debt. And it's going to be hard to have secretive purchases. And I say hard is actually going to be impossible if all of the bank accounts are joint and you're on every account, not just like the savings, but you're on the checking, all these little club accounts they have on the side. If you're on all the accounts, it is literally going to be impossible for them to make a secret purchase or for them to hide debt or for them to be dishonest about income. OK, well, they can be still be dishonest about income because you can make you can get cash or you can get paid via cash, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be borderline impossible. Okay, I'm looking at the survey. Y'all can't see this tab. Uh, line about income. Then 10% was draining money from savings. And then 6.9% is lending money without consent. Ooh, 
lending money without consent. Most people don't have money, so it's going to be hard, but I could, yeah, that, that's definitely not going to be the move doing that. All right. These numbers help paint a bigger picture of how strong an impact money has in our partnerships, a key part in overcoming lying to your spouse about the amount of credit card debt you may have or your partner being dishonest about how much money they really make is to get a better understanding of your own and each other's personal finance management skills. Yeah, this is why I just recommend you work with somebody. The very first thing I recommend, the first financial thing I recommend is budgeting transactions. But the very first thing I recommend is building the team. And one of the slots you need to fill on that team is somebody in the financial sphere, whether it's a personal uh, finance coach or someone that is a actual financial advisor. Okay. When I'm working with my clients, one thing I do is I send them the link. Ooh, what is that link? But it's the uh, three free uh, reports you get with one report. You get a year from each bureau, a uh, free one. And it shows you all the debt that you have. Hopefully it shows you all the debt. Hopefully all the information is correct. So how are you going to be able to hide debt? I'm, I'm going to get your credit report from all three bureaus, uh, bureaus, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. I'm going to see how much debt you got. Okay. Get joined on the big accounts. Talking about your spouse here. And then you're good to go from there. And then you start figuring out how much that you got, how much money you got saved, your investment portfolio, et cetera, and where you want to go as far as your financial journey. But for whatever reason, I'll be out here lying about credit card. That's like, bro, what's your credit score? It's, it's hard to have a high credit score and a lot of debt as far as credit card debt, because the utilization is usually going to bring that down. Not to mention, if you got a low credit score, you either, if you had a low credit score and you're, let's say, above the age of, 23 24 right because that's how long you need a couple of years to get into that upper 700 800 range it's like if your credit score is low that's either because you have high utilization and or you've missed payments there might be some derogatory marks on there or you might do a lot of hard pulls whatever you kept applying for credit but those are going to be the two main reasons your credit score is low literally high utilization and or missed payments because those are two biggest factors that impact your credit score so it's like, just look at their credit score. And it's like, then your credit score low. You either got a lot of credit card debt or you've been missing payments or hopefully not both. Then again, but if they did both, they probably just don't got, their credit scores probably start with a five. Anyways, though, couples are likely to have varying levels of financial literacy. Beverly, y'all, this is crazy. This is insane. I feel like I'm being trolled. These last names are getting out of, they're, I think they're progressively getting harder. Beverly... Harzog? I I just I'm just not sure because you know when people pronounce their names it's like oh that's how you pronounce it Harzog I think it's Beverly Harzog but why can't I just get like a Jones or a Johnson or something let me let me see see is that Shri or Siri Taylor like easy last name then oh no that's uh, this see this is Emmer no, I'm not all right we're gonna get back to the article my bad yo I'm getting distracted well, Beverly says. Everybody has different levels of financial literacy. Whoop, whoop. Credit card experts at U.S. News and World Report tell Select. The important thing is that they grow together and are able to make compromises when it comes to budgeting and spending. There are so many resources available for increasing your financial knowledge, such as books, websites, and free apps. See, part of the issue is that y'all want to compromise before it's time to compromise. There is no compromising when it's time to get on a budget and track your transactions. There's no compromising. You need to do that. You need to sit down block out some time or pay somebody to help y'all and block out some time that way and figure out where your finances are at. Most of you are struggling financially. I, just, I need a soundboard back. Most of you are struggling financially. How are you compromising? You struggling to put food in that damn house? Well, that, that, that's the issue. 
Because we all know there's the big old statistic how most people are living paycheck to paycheck. There's no compromising if you're living paycheck to paycheck. You need to be aggressive and figure it out. How are you compromising? There's no compromising. We're barely putting food in the house. Netflix is getting cut. That's not the compromise of we keep Hulu and Netflix. No, they're both getting cut. How, how are you? Never mind. Not, not today. Not today. All right. In short, being well-versed together in how your money works and where your money goes can help you avoid any financial infidelity down the line. From chipping away at debt to being proactive about budgeting, it's vital to take advantage of resources that get you on the same page. Yes, YouTube University, if you're listening to this, hopefully y'all are on your budget or have reached out to me. But I mean, yeah, just there are plenty of budgeting apps. Shout out to Every Dollar by uh, the Ramsey Network. Uh, there's Mint, which is owned uh, by Intuit, who also owns TurboTax, Personal Capital. There are plenty of free budgeting tools and uh, personal finance uh, information. Um, notes, websites, whatever out there. Obviously, you can go to YouTube and just or slash Google it, right? Same thing. But new, new little mini headline, subheading, whatever these are called. There's a strong correlation between financial infidelity and major debt loads. Yeah, because a lot of y'all be lying to yourself about how much money you make, which is why you got all this damn debt. <laughs> oh my goodness. A lot of y'all be like, yeah, man. I a lot of y'all think you're shout out to the tax rates that just went over. A lot of y'all think you make your gross, or should I say you can spend your gross? You do make your gross, but then you can spend your gross. It's like, yeah, you make a hundred thousand dollars, but you only got like 65, 70k, depending on how much your tax rate is and how much you know your health care and you're contributing to your 401k is like you know, you you miss about 30 bands. Oh my goodness. All right, for many couples, carrying the weight of debt can make or break a relationship, especially when one partner doesn't know about the other's financial burden. According to the U.S. News Survey, over half of couples who experience financial infidelity also happen to be in major debt. Well, aren't most people in major debt? I guess it's a little hedge on that stat. On the flip side, of those who didn't experience financial infidelity, only 22.7% were in debt. My guess is that debt does not include mortgage debt. That's just consumer debt. My guess is that also can't include student loans. A lot of people got student loans. Those who didn't experience financial infidelity, only 22% were in debt. So a quarter were in debt. Mm, I don't know about that. I wonder what that debt is. Tackling your debt at, or at least talking openly about it with your partner is a good first step. Getting on the same page. Well, what have I been saying? I'm going on over a year now. Do not get on the same page when it comes to finances with your spouse. Get on the same page when it comes to finances with your fiance. Do not marry somebody you are not on the same page when it comes to your finances with. That's got, I wish I could make that shorter, but that, that's a, a t-shirt. I mean, if there was ever you know, marriage, person you marry is the biggest decision you're going to make. Finances in an extremely large part of your marriage. My goodness. that That's one of the reasons y'all struggling because all right, couples need to be in agreement when it comes to debt reduction, Harzak says. You're setting a joint financial goal and you need to work together. Yeah, okay. What to do if your partner has credit card debt? <laughs> Pay it off. That's that's all it should be. I don't know what I don't know what these other words are. Most major credit card users or issuers do have apps to help you track spending. Harzak says if you still have a very good credit score, consider using a balance transfer. Oh goodness gracious. Great. Sure, use a balance transfer. Don't use a balance transfer. Just aggressively pay it off to get out of debt. Yeah, you can use a balance transfer and you have, you know, 0% for a year, but most people don't end up paying it off and or they get back into debt. That's where people just skip past it. It's about doing the budget and tracking your transactions first and putting the financial habits and skills in place to make sure you can not only pay off your debt, but you can pay off your debt and stay out of your 
out of debt once you pay it off. A lot of people can pay off debt. A lot of people cannot pay off debt and stay out of it once they get it paid off. The amount of debt consolidation. I've seen people with three, four debt consolidation loans. It's like, you, you know, you do realize to do a debt consolidation loan, you have to have other debt. So like it's technically their 10th debt because they had say they had one debt here. Then they did a consolidation loan. You don't. Oh, never mind. Today's not the banking episode. OK, uh, you have consider doing a balance transfer. Cool. Once you choose a strategy for getting rid of debt, decrease expenses to help you reach your goal. Right. Yeah. I mean, simple math there. Balance transfer cards. Yep. They offer no interest for a time period. As I just mentioned, yep. Six months to 21 months. Right. I said a year. Yeah, they get zero percent APR, but always remember if you don't pay off that debt in time, that APR goes stupid. As they're saying, sixteen to twenty-six percent variable. My goodness, variable meaning it's not fixed. So they say you got this fifteen point nine nine interest rate you're seeing here. It could vary and go all the way up to this twenty-six point seven percent. Goodness gracious! Another good option that lets that lets you also earn cash back on your spending is the city double. Okay. They're just giving offers right now. No sponsor with any, anybody here, fair use. Uh, so giving you examples of cars, goodness gracious. They give me examples of cars that you can do these balance transfers with what to do if you or your partner has student loans on snap. This article was updated October 11th, by the way, of this year. Does your spouse need some motivation to finally make a dent in their student loan? <laughs> Get over to shout out to the court and full of that podcast. Well, Wednesdays or any of the other episodes, or the Dave Ramsey Network aggressively pay off the student loan debt. My goodness, especially the way they're playing with y'all on this forgiveness. Apps like Chipper help have a special, have special, have a special roundups feature that allows users to chip away at their student loan debt, sort of like Acorns, right? A special roundup feature. Now, nah, y'all just put put the whole bag on it. Necessities debt payments, and that's it. And get rid of these student loans by applying spare change from their everyday purchases. This is Acorns in the form of debt. <laughs> I am weak. I am weak. Apps like Chipper have a special round ups feature that allows users to chip away at their student loans by applying the spare change from their everyday purchases. I want to be very clear. It is going to decrease the debt. But considering the fact that the highest the roundup can be is 99 cents. Let's just make it a dollar. So for every purchase you make, you're going to put an extra dollar towards your student loan. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, my goodness. I'm not even going to do that math for y'all, but you see where I'm going with it. This tool, which is to be used on top of users making the minimum monthly payment, by the way, there have been no minimum monthly payments for. A lot of people don't even know what their monthly, their minimum payment is because they haven't had it in so long and they don't know what the new one's going to be. And it's interesting to see if they're going to start your minimum payment back to where it was pre uh, the pandemic or they're going to do something different with that. You know, you can you know, if you refinanced, right, you got a lower interest rate, all these different type of things. But even though you y'all, most people have not had to make student loan payments for over two years, make, make sure you're making that minimum payment, which a lot of people have not. Shout out to my clients who have. But that will make sure you are constantly putting money towards your loans without having to think much about it. Chipper can no part of no. That's the issue. Too much automation is bad. A lot of the reason y'all are struggling financial a lot. One of the reasons that y'all have too much automation when it comes to your finances and you're not embedded in them enough. You're not paying attention to them enough. Y'all have automated so much stuff, like all that debt you got on your credit card, right? That Netflix subscription is automated. 
Oh, yeah, think about it that way, right? You got too much automation, you're not paying attention to your finances, and then somebody like me coming in, like, God damn, y'all got so much stuff. Good thing I'm getting paid to look at all this. Okay, Chipper can also chipper, shout out to Chipper, can also help you or your partner draw out a strategy to pay off student loans by connecting the user to forgiveness programs and income-driven repayment plans to potentially help lower the monthly payments. For private student loans, borrowers is worth considering up refinancing your student loan for lowest interest rate, especially now that the expectation that we'll see rate increases come March. I guess that's March of next year because this was last updated. This article was first released in February of this year, but it was last updated in October, so a little over a month ago. So I don't know if that's March 2022 or 2023. I'm going to say March 2022. Uh, when you refinance your student loans, you get a chance at yes, getting a lower interest rate. Okay. Or you can shorten your term, right? See, and that's the thing. See, this, this is where this cognitive dissonance. So when you refinance your student loans, you get a chance at scoring a lower rate. Plus, you can extend or shorten your loan term depending on how quickly you pay. You want to pay off your loans. I thought the issue was using this chipper, you can put a little bit more extra money towards the debt. But if you're going to refinance your student loan to a lower term, you're going to have to put more money towards the debt because the minimum payment is going to increase with a shorter term. So why, why would I leverage the the chipper app now if you want to put more money if you want to put more money towards your debt refinance for a lower term that's how that works oh my goodness okay you can use sofi to refinance and i think that is the end of the article <laughs> i'm looking at this other article real quick signs of financial fidelity so yeah there was always to help out with it same signs of financial infidelity large purchase notice the account balances were off discovered a statement or collection for an unfamiliar account Say they found unexpected packages. This is U.S. news, by the way. Uh, or observe secrecy with electronic devices. Reasons for committing financial infidelity, avoiding an argument, embarrassed about mishandling money, to feel more in control financially, to help someone else, avoid sharing bad news, right? And how, how do you get better or avoid financial infidelity? Talk more about finances, duh. Do a budget, duh. That should be the main thing. 100% of the reason to help avoid financial fidelity. Do the budget and join the damn bank accounts. I'm done with this episode because now I'm getting aggravated. All right, y'all. That's it. Locked and loaded. Financial infidelity. Yeah, Um. just get on the budget and join um all the bank accounts. You know, investment accounts. Obviously, you can't join your 401ks. Make your spouse a beneficiary. All these type of things. Shout out, shout out to the uh, bank account joint bank account episode. That's how you get around financial infidelity. And if you want to know if there might be some financial infidelity slash insecurity is when you start trying to sit down and do a budget. Um, someone is too controlling with the finances. They don't want to get on the same page, et cetera, et cetera. However, if you're not already married, but you're about to be married, please make sure y'all have discussed finances and looked at what a joint budget would be and make sure you discuss your financial goals. Okay, I, I would say I mean, it, it can work if your income's high enough, but outside of something like, um, you know, someone not wanting to have kids and someone does wanting to have kids outside of marrying that, because you marry someone who doesn't want to have kids and you do, that's you. That's on you for being stupid. But when it comes to finances, if you don't want to have no debt at all and they do, I would not recommend marrying them. This is not marriage advice. If you want to invest right long term 401k, IRAs, personal brokerage account, top, stock market type of stuff, and they don't want to do that at all. And it's because they're afraid and they think it's gambling and stuff like that. Do not marry them. It's different if they don't understand it, which is why they want to do it, because they're well in their right. If you don't understand it, don't invest into it. They're actually following an investment principle. But they're straight up saying like, nah, yeah, it's gambling. Yeah. All right. So please, please, y'all, please 
make sure you get on the same page when it comes to finances with your fiance and not your spouse. And if you are already married, you can reach out to me again, silent underscore Corey. All my information is in the show notes for my financial coaching. For those you need fitness stuff, because health is wealth. Uh, finallyfit.live is Jordan's website. And then finally fit on Instagram and Facebook. But all right, y'all, that's it for a minute. Financial infidelity. Make sure if you're struggling when it comes to finances in your marriage, you need to seek help immediately. Immediately. Right now you can pause. I mean, this is over, but you need, you need to reach out for some help. All right. Make sure for y'all leave out, you hit that like button, share and subscribe, help out on the YouTube algorithm. Make sure you leave them rate and reviews on the podcast platforms as well. Again, I am silent underscore Corey and my co-host is Stop Stalling Jay. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. All right. So make sure you save more and say less and keep making better your best. And I will catch y'all in the next one.